0: We saved serious cash with our Progressive Home and Auto Bundle and used the money to buy a new
1: boat. Who's ready to water ski?
2: (laughs) This is not a real testimonial. Sure, customers can save big money with Progressive, but not enough for a new boat. They'll probably spend it on rent or gas money or maybe one of those little plastic wading pools for the yard.
0: Ahoy there!
2: Is what the captain might say on the toy boat in your wading pool. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.
0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, North. 2 AM, good evening, this. Eagle on Untech, I am Eagle Falcon. We're going to apologize in advance for this episode being uh, over 24 hours late. I could bore you with the details, but there are far too many fascinating topics to talk about today, such as how... It's finally happened. Hackers and scammers have decided to target Zoom, Google Meet, and Microsoft Teams. And they are doing it in the crudest, dumbest way possible. But the reason they do it this way is because it works. They are using phishing emails. Emails sent to you disguised to look like legitimate emails from Zoom, Google Meet, and Microsoft Teams to click a link, join in on the conversation to go get to your work, and then steal your info, gain access to your machine using it, and just do whatever the heck they want. Because, of course, the kind of people who would do this sort of thing do not care. About morality or anything of that nature they are terrible terrible people etc etc you know it's the same kind of people who keep insisting on having these Robocall machines calling me up on a daily basis trying to get me to extend my, to extend my car's extended warranty and then when I press one, To go call them out on their BS. The machine just goes. The number you have dialed has been disconnected. Or is no longer in service. High quality people. The people that waste power and energy. To send calls to just waste time. The thing is, is that it's just, hey, guess what? This is happening. Pay attention to your emails. And while we're at it, pay close attention to links that you click in Discord as well. There actually was a meme going around. Let me actually make sure I've got the exact link. It was actually a, it it was a, it was an innocent little joke to be perfectly honest. It was a picture, it was it was of a cute anime girl, specifically from Toho, that said, don't open me in browser, and you click it and you get rickrolled. It just sends you straight to YouTube and rickrolls you. Now, that's kind of funny, until you start thinking, what if that sent me somewhere a lot more malicious? The way this thing got away with it, and originally, when uh, me and a couple of people were dissecting this thing, we thought it was something they did to the PNG file. No, the the host image was from CND dot. Pay close attention, dlcordapp.com dot com. L instead of I. Pay attention to links. Pay attention to those details. Because this little instant thing was, granted, just a little rickroll. It could have easily been used to send you to some malware-infested little exploit site. Always be aware especially if you're on iOS because the security firm Zerodium has declared that they no longer want to hear about iOS for those who don't know Zerodium is what is known as an exploit bounty company They put it out to white hat hackers everywhere. Those are hackers that specifically try to find exploits and warn people about them. And they pay white hat hackers to know about exploits and platforms and then let places like Apple, Microsoft, Google know about these exploits. Zerodium has such a massive backlog of iOS and Safari exploits. They have literally said, do not send us any more for the next two or three months. Wow. So, yeah, the next time I hear. Macs don't get viruses. Apple is always more secure. I can really just go back and say... Really? Really? They've even said that prices for iOS one-click vulnerabilities... Will also be dropping because there are so many. That's when you know you've got a problem with your platform. So, uh, Apple, good luck. Meanwhile, over at Microsoft, they're teaming up with Intel to turn malware into images to try and spot more threats. I, I, what? Now, granted, I'm not an expert when it comes to security. I'm not. I just know the basics. I know how to spot trends and how to avoid them. How the heck does this help? How the, uh, you know what? At the same time, I mean... As long as it works. I mean, heck, Microsoft figured out how to be more secure than frickin' iOS. There is at least that. What kind of a world do we live in that there's more of a security threat on Apple products than there is on Windows? It wasn't all that long ago. Windows was just considered just like, yeah. Good luck out there. You better always have an antivirus if you don't. Oh, God. You're going to get so hosed. Now, apparently, it's iOS. And they're a closed wall garden, too. Now, that being said, shiny hunters... A a hacking group of an unknown size, because I forgot to brush up how big they were and I really don't care, has decided to leak and put up for sale 73 million different user datas and credentials from all kinds of different services mostly from sites such as zooks or, or no what is that zusk z o o s k i've never heard of it chatbox the star tribune newspaper chronicles of higher education and quote and various south korean fashion and furniture websites So, hey, if you fall under any of those categories, I don't, because this is the first time I've heard of any of these things. Not the worst idea to uh, change your password. Or maybe uh, enable two-factor authentication. Or, heck, if you have the poor habit of using the same username and password everywhere... Might be time to change your username, or not your username, but your password. Chat wants to know who the heck would buy it. Very simple. Anyone after data? Because it's these sort of brand. Like I said, if let's pretend like some of them just use like, oh yeah, here, here, I'll just, I just use this password for everything. Well, now they can use it if you. If you're one of those people who does that, well, now they're access to your bank account. And that can pay off. Especially since all this data is up for sale for $18,000, according to the TechRadar article. Just be safe out there, you know? Just like here's a security vulnerability that uh, sounds super duper scary. It's known as Thunder Spy. It is yet another Intel security vulnerability. This time, though, targeting Thunderbolt. Yes, if you have a computer with Thunderbolt built into it, you are vulnerable to this. Someone, all they'd have to do is be able to inject code into the Thunderbolt chip. And they can decrypt and skim your data. Now, granted, in order to do that thing I just said, they need physical access to your device... And they need about five minutes to go and do this hack to your computer. And then, what? Th- th- this really isn't a problem. There's a rule among hackers once you have physical access to the machine, all bets are off. The only reason, the only way that really target someone is either A, know they have a machine with Thunderbolt, or B, know they have a Mac. And then they need to break in, get access to your machine, power it on, get past the password so that the Thunderbolt can then engage, then insert the hardware that will do the malicious code injection then wait five minutes. Then leave. Then or then power it off. Then leave. And then your machine is vulnerable. This is such an... You know what this is? And I think I even said this on the early bird briefing when I was talking about this. This is a security vulnerability that is only used I can't remember the name of the conference now, but at, like, DEF CON. This would only come up at DEF CON. As sort of a cool demonstration of what sort of wacky way you could hack into a machine in ways that are way out there. But in a real-world scenario... No one's going to do this. They're going to look for any other way that's easier. It would be like saying, oh, I could go get this really cool sandwich maker, put the bread in, spend five minutes, get everything nice and ready. Or, you know, you could just make the sandwich by hand. It'd be faster. I find it very hard to believe there is going to be any hack done with this. Oh, and best yet, I forgot to mention the best part. It's only Thunderbolt 3. So, so for example, I actually do have a Thunderbolt laptop. The new 17 inch laptop, or the quote unquote new 17 inch laptop I have, it does have Thunderbolt 2. This vulnerability would not affect it. Actually, wait, do Max even use Thunderbolt 3 yet? They actually might still be on Thunderbolt 2. No, they are on Thunderbolt 3. Oh, okay. Chat says that they are. I'm going to take chat's word for it. At the same time, though, it would not phase me at all. If Apple was still using Thunderbolt 2, because Apple launched new laptops that have CPUs that are two generations old. WeChat has been spying on foreigner foreigners. All to help feed the censorship algorithms of great China. To which I say. Surprise. Happy China censors everything. Life. Beware of what you're using. That's all I'm going to say in that regard. Although, honestly, like, WeChat's kind of one of those things I only hear in, like, passing. I don't know anyone that actually uses WeChat. It's like you hear about it occasionally, but that's about it. All right. This was one... This is one story that was mentioned to me during the Twitch stream right before, what was it? Was it the Friday Twitch stream? I actually can't remember. No, it was Saturday. Regardless, it doesn't matter. Club Penguin Online shuts down after receiving a copyright claim from Disney. My God, Disney is so evil. All right, well. Let's step back for a second. This rabbit hole. Goes pretty deep. So originally, the original Club Penguin, that was official, or the Club Penguin Online, was shut down in 2017. Since then... Club Penguin Online has had various fan servers that were developed. Now, I don't know if there's just like a server core that everyone just downloads and then just hosts on whatever the heck they want, which is kind of how the Ragnarok Online private server network started. A couple of people just made things like uh, E Athena, J Athena, Hercules and such uh, server engines like that, and then a metric ton of nerds, such as myself, go get these cords and and then run their own servers. I don't know if that's the case with Club Penguin Online, but... Recently, which by recently I mean on May 15th, that's last Friday... The largest Club Penguin fan server was shut down by, by the Walt Disney Company using a DMCA. The reason being, a London man involved with the server was arrested on suspicion of child pornography. Now, that is fascinating. This article is originally from The Verge, to which then... I got to digging and the BBC shows that these club penguin servers apparently have had, um, some very questionable behavior going on on some of these now, granted the article from the BBC makes it sound like this is going on on a hundred percent of the servers I'm willing to bet it's going on on like five percent, because that's how these sort of things usually go down. From the BBC, visits to fan-run Club Penguin online online surge during the coronavirus pandemic, with more than a f- more than a million new players. But racist, homophobic, anti-Semitic, and sexual messages flow freely. On the unauthorized platform. The article then continues to go on. Discussing. In rather. Almost graphic detail. About the amount of erotic role playing. That was going on. On these servers. Now again. I am willing to bet. This was going on. At a very low percentage, but when you've got such shocking behavior like this, it gets the headlines. A case of a few bad apples, spoiling it for the rest. Even though these articles do try to make it seem like it's widespread. In fact, when I originally talked about it on the early bird briefing, an anonymous source that is actually involved with the creation of these servers... Did reach out to me and I did go through and did verify a chunk of the of the information that I was able to in regards to what he was offering and in fact, club penguin online no joke because of the because of the coronavirus pandemic reached not even kidding eight million users was what it had before being shut down and keep in mind this is a fan server this is just a couple of couple this is just a freaking dozen or few guys renting database space in a massive rent center I don't think these guys were home hosting like I do but needless to say they did in fact know unfortunately too late. That uh, a couple of their admins were involved with some very, uh, we'll say taboo interests and was shunned from the group. And unfortunately, it got the attention of Disney and the BBC. And well, surprise. The person the person in question was actually also doxxed. I am not going to mention who it is, nor am I going to mention my host, for, I'd hope, obvious reasons. Now, in fact, the group is working on another server called Club Penguin Rewritten. And they are trying to make sure it's a much tighter group. However, they have already received two copyright strikes against them on their YouTube channel. So, it's not looking good for the project. They did, in fact, have one person already uh, show questionable interest, and they've already gotten rid of them. So, these fan servers are still going on. They're still out there. They're still being worked on. And I do hope them for the best. And mostly that comes from, as I said kind of the part of me who enjoys working on stuff like this. Like, I've always worked on Ragnarok Online stuff and I still do to this day. I love it, despite the fact I have no free time to do it. And I do hope that um, that this crew that are that is working on Club Penguin rewritten. I wish them the best of luck. But the other advice I'd also say. If things get dicey, don't hesitate to pull the plug. Because the last thing you want to do is end up in a legal battle. With Disney and have your life ruined. Because of a hobby. That was kind of the same thing that all of us in the uh, RO community knew as well. If things got hairy and gravity decided to actually like bring the hammer down. We'd have to not hesitate to, to yank the plug and say, that's it. We're out. Because it ain't worth it. All right. This is a story I know pretty much everyone's been waiting for me to get to. The Twitch Safety Advisory Council. Oh, So, on May 14th, Twitch made an announcement that they are creating a safety and advisory council that will inform and guide decisions made at Twitch by contributing their experience, expertise, and belief in Twitch's mission of empowering communities to create together. According to Twitch, the council will advise on a number of topics that include 1. Drafting new policies and policy updates. 2. Developing products and features to improve safety and moderation. 3. Promoting healthy streaming and work-life balance habits. 4. Protecting the interests... Excuse me. Protecting... The interests of marginalized groups. And five. Identifying emerging trends that could impact the Twitch experience. It's a noble goal. It's one I could understand. Especially when you've got streamers that have taken part in questionable behavior and uh, more importantly an administration team that has questionable reactions to said questionable behavior you'd want some kind of council to say hey this is where we stand this is where the line is makes sense right Well, let's take a look at the people on this on this committee. We're going to start with Alex Holmes. Alex is a deputy CEO. By the way, I am reading this verbatim from the Twitch blog post. I am going to be keeping all of my opinions out. Any sort of ad-libbing or anything of that nature, I'm going to I'm not going to say any of it until the very end. Directly from the Twitch site, Alex is a deputy CEO at nonprofit The Diana Award, which is a legacy to Princess Diana's belief that young people have the power to change the world. He is a founder of the peer to peer support program Anti Bullying Ambassadors, a network of trained young. People dedicated to preventing peer-on-peer violence, in parentheses, on and offline, in parentheses, and bullying, particularly in schools. Alex sits on the global safety and advisory boards on a number of the major social media and tech companies advising them on their approach to safety and online harms. Next up. CoCarnage CoCarnage is a Twitch partner and one of the original variety streamers on Twitch. He plays most major releases and indie darlings and is well known for his 100% franchise playthroughs leading up to major game releases. CoCarnage is known for his positive community, the coalition, and his slogan, happy, helpful, respectful. Next up, Cupanoodle is a partnered Twitch ambassador and host slash commentator, the mayor of Cupton, a lover of zombies and a music connoisseur. Her streams range from playing games to hosting conventions and on-site interviews to providing colorful commentary at esports events. Next up, Emma Lalanzo. I'm going to interject for a moment to say I have most likely mispronounced that last name and I'm sorry. Continuing from the blog post, Emma is a director of the Center for Democracy and Technology. I'm sorry, the Center for Democracy and Technology's free expression program and leads CDT's work to promote law and policy that support internet users, free expression rights in the United States, the European Union, and around the world. The project's work spans many subjects, including human trafficking, privacy, and online reputation issues, the counterterrorism and radicalization content, disinformation, and online harassment. Emma's areas of focus include intermediary liability law, the capabilities and limitations of automated content analysis, transparency reporting, and best practices in content moderation for empowering users and online communities. Next up, ferociously, Steph. Steph has been a full-time streamer since her debut playing competitive... Excuse me. Steph has been a full-time streamer since her debut playing competitive collated heroes of the storm in 2016. She was one of the first transgender streamers to ever be partnered on Twitch and the first to bring a transgendered pride flag emote to the platform. Her fight for in excuse me, man, I'm getting a little tongue tied on this. Her fight for inclusivity includes creating a competitive team comprised entirely of marginalized gamers And vehemently opposing non-inclusive mechanics such as voice chat. Next up, Dr. Samir Hinduja, who I have most likely, again, mispronounced. And for that, I apologize. Dr. Hindu, Hindu, God, excuse me. Dr. Hindujas, a professor in the School of Criminal of Crimin, Crimin- oh, God dang. Criminology and Criminal Justice at Florida Atlantic University and co-director of the Cyberbullying Research Center. He is recognized internationally for his groundbreaking work on the subject of cyberbullying, sexting, and social media abuse. Concerns that have paralleled the exponential growth in online communication by young people. As a noted speaker and expert on teens and social media use, Dr. Hinduja also trains students, educators, parents, mental health professionals, and other youth workers on how to promote the positive use of technology. Dr. Hinduja is also a co-founder and co-editor-in-chief of the International Journal of Bullying Prevention, a new peer-reviewed journal from Springer. Next up, T.L. Taylor. T.L. Taylor is a prof- professor of comparative media studies at MIT and the co-founder and director of Research for Any Key, an organization dedicated to supporting and developing fair and inclusive esports. She is a qualified sociologist... A sociologist, I'm sorry for that, who has focused on internet and game studies for over two decades. Dr. Taylor's research explores the interrelations, interrelations, I'm sorry, between culture and technology in online leisure environments. Her 2018 book, Watch Me Play: Twitch and the Rise of Livestream Gaming, is the first of its kind to chronicle the emerging media pl- space of online game broadcasting. And then finally, Zazarian. Zazarian is a Twitch streamer, I'm sorry, a Twitch partner who has been streaming since 2015. His streams mostly focus on ARPGs, particularly Path of Exile. He believes that Twitch has a culture you can't find anywhere else and looks forward to helping Twitch make rules clearer and reducing community confusion. Specifically, when it comes to bans and suspensions on the platform. That is the list of the members of uh, the safety advisory councils. Now, this is now me talking and no longer the blog. I have a couple problems. One, I see a lot of CEOs. I see a lot of directors. There's a thing about leadership roles. Leadership roles at a company doesn't mean you're an expert on the topic. Now, don't get me wrong. People like Doctor Samir clearly, in addition to his co-director position, also as a professor, he does have knowledge in the subject, obviously. But you take people like Alex Holmes, who is the C- who is the deputy CEO of a nonprofit organization, that doesn't necessarily mean. The man has any knowledge of how to properly support peer-to-peer support anti-bullying programs or anything of that nature, just how to delegate. Am I saying that they should be disqualified? No, I am saying that to just simply put that out there and say that's why they're on there. It raises a flag But there's one person on this board in particular that raises a very, very, very bright red flag. And we're going to talk about that after the break, because I need to untie my tongue.
2: With round-the-clock protection at a great price, your progressive policy works the way it's supposed to, unlike this unenthusiastic hype man. Okay, everybody, let's make some noise. Put your hands up. We're not. It's your call. Here we go now. Here we go. Switch to Progressive today. It is electric in here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.
0: Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, we were talking a little bit off the mic about some of the people. A handful of people actually did ask, "What about this Zazarian guy?" You want to know why Zazarian is on here? The answer is right in the last sentence. Of his profile. He believes that Twitch is a culture. You can't find anywhere else. And looks forward to helping Twitch. Make rules clearer. And reducing community confusion. Specifically. When it comes to bans. And suspensions. On the platform. It's Twitch's answer. To the. Alinity controversy why else include that line if not for that reason because her behavior is one of the biggest problems twitch has right now because they've allowed a streamer like alinity to get away with several different degrees of animal abuse As well as blatantly... Well, actually, she did get get a 24-hour suspension for accidentally flashing the world. And there are a handful, too, but as chat's reminding me, Alinity, however, is the biggest case of this. The red flag, however, in this entire council is ferociously Steph. You probably thought something was weird, too, when I listed off the qualifications that every person had for why they're on this. Hers specifically was. vehemently opposes non-inclusive mechanics such as voice chat. You might have thought the exact same thing I did at the time. What's non-inclusive about voice chat? Mics are cheap. I mean, not the mic I'm using right now. This was crazy expensive, but just about anyone can get a headset or a cheap fricking desk mic for about the same cost as a coffee at Starbucks. So how is it non-inclusive? It's literally something that anyone can do. Even people without PCs can use voice chat. Oh. Are you ready for this? In Steph's own words, listen.
1: The only way to have a level playing field at the highest level of play is to have is, is is to not have voice chat, to not have people give up their linguistic profiles. I mean, and maybe you maybe you think, you know, if if you are a competitive gamer, which a lot of people have been like, Steph, you're not, you don't, you clearly know nothing about competitive play. Well, competition, by the way, y'all, competition requires you to get every advantage possible. To become one, the top 0.01% in any video game, you have to, you have to get, Squeeze every amount of, of advantage you can possibly get. Voice chat is unfair. Period.
0: So her argument there is that... You have to give up whatever your linguistic profile is. So... Why? Are you playing with people so shallow that that matters? The part that really gets me is that it's how the world works. When it comes to competitive gaming, communication is essential. When it comes to the real world, communication is essential. I work at a freaking laundry plant every day I'm talking to my ma- I'm talking to my managers I'm talking with the crew I am talking with literally everyone I'm talking with our customers whether it be verbally through email because they're far away or verbally again because of a phone call Communication is key. Now, Steph then later on, and unfortunately I don't have the clip of it because she said this after I g- gathered my voice clips, did try to defend her statement by saying I'm not against voice chat, even though her clip there and in fact her profile on Twitch's own blog implies otherwise is that she prefers other methods be introduced. To which I'd say, hey, super. I'm all on that. But it's not just the fact that she's against the usage of mics, despite the fact that she is a Twitch streamer. Oh, no. It's because she's racist.
1: I'm just not cool with white supremacy, y'all. It's really not that. I think a lot of you gamers are actually white supremacists. Sorry. Just a fact of how I feel.
0: Gee, thanks. I look forward to that. As a as a gamer, of just being accused blatantly of that—that's <sighs> this. This is who is in charge of policies at Twitch. Someone who believes that all that, that all gamers out there are just white supremacists, and it's not like you can argue your way out of this either.
1: You know, some people really debate to win. You know, they debate to win instead of debating for, like, ideas and logic. But, you know, my facts and logic are correct. So, of course, people have to go about personal attacks.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's always right. There's no room for debate. God forbid we bring facts to the contrary. Uh Uh-huh, I see.
1: I said a lot of people with cis white male sounding voices are here telling me that voice chat isn't a problem, and that is a fact. Y'all have voices that aren't marginalized coming in and saying, just mute. It's not an issue. Everyone faces harassment. I've heard it all. You're, You're just repeating my several, like a year ago. I've d- I've been through this all.
0: Uh huh. And of course, probably the best one, the most recent clip, I have. This. I'm
1: hanging in there. And uh, I'm not going anywhere. I have power. They can't take it away from me. And honestly... You know... I... The... The... These... there, There are some people that should be afraid of me. Um, And that they are, because I I represent uh, moderation and diversity, and I'm going to come for hurtful, harmful people. If you're a really shitty person, I'm going to stand up against you. Period. And uh, Twitch is endorsing me to do that. So,
2: Uh Uh-huh.
0: You have power. They can't take it away. on one hand I do believe that she is getting a lot of flack right now from a lot of very terrible people I will say that much but here's the thing when you're blind and just assume that all people based on their race their gender and their sexual preference which in this case is a straight white male is just automatically a hateful person you are you're not fit for a job on a board where you are deciding diversity By the very definition, and I'm sure by saying this, I'm going to get some flack, but that's the facts. I have nothing against who she is. I have, I don't care that she identifies as a woman, that she's transgender, or that there's a viral clip that everyone wanted me to cringe at about her acting like a deer on her stream. I don't care about any of that. She makes some niche content. So what? I make niche content too. Who am I to judge? But to straight up. Just. Just brand exactly chat the deer clip is irrelevant despite the fact that the clip is getting dangerously close to 1 million views it's the rest of these views and the fact there is no sign of walking back from these in fact recently she's just trying to deny it trying to deny that she said that all white men are or I'm sorry that all gamers are white supremacists (sighs) so already we've got one red flag out of eight and I'm hoping the rest of this board does in fact keep the one bad apple here in check at least long enough For Twitch to realize a mistake has been made. Because one clearly has. Or, better yet, see the errors of your ways. That's all I ask. Alright, I have no good segue out of that, so let's take our last break now, and when we come back, let's talk about fun stuff. Let's talk about GPUs that are just hilarious overkill that none of us will ever use.
2: how
0: did I end up here? Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, let's get to the fun stuff. Microsoft is offering free Surface Laptop 3 repairs for uh, very bizarre screen cracks that are starting to appear in the glass of these laptops. Apparently there can be hairline fractures that then quickly spread across the screen. And it's apparently a manufacturing defect on the laptop. Where it is affecting quote, a very small percentage of cases. And there is a hard foreign particle that can cause the hairline fracture. You know what it is? I can tell you exactly what it is. The Gorilla Glass was defective. It's To me, it's obvious. Because when you're talking about like, oh, a hard foreign particle can cause this, that's a rock. And that sort of thing normally isn't covered. So why are they covering it? Because there's something wrong with the lamination. Something went wrong with a batch of these laptops, and that's why they're covering it. I can almost guarantee it. That's just my theory of what's going on, of course. Microsoft isn't saying anything about it. EA! shifting gears with no good transition is offering free next gen game upgrades after you go ahead and jump through 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 some hoops register everything and run th- their upgrade program and also if you purchase the game between december 31st 2020 and March 31st, 2021. This is about the closest I think we're ever going to get to EA doing good. Like on one hand, it's EA clearly trying to be good guy. But EA is made of so much scum that this is about the closest they'll get this is like Scrooge before he's visited by the three spirits of Christmas trying to donate it's just like I'll donate to you but only if you follow these bylaws so to which I say thanks question mark I don't know EA still hates my username so yeah yeah The two underdogs of the AMD CPU launch are still, what well, kind of in the limelight, the 3100 now is being kind of looked at as going, how far can we push this sub $100 processor? It turns out the answer is 6 gigahertz. The overclocker psych. who I have most likely mispronounced, but it's spelled T S A I K, has managed a 5,923.62 megahertz overclock with the assistance of some LN2. So, you know, a clock speed that you will never, ever see ever. That being said, though, some people have, in fact, gotten this thing to overclock to be very close to the 3300 X in performance. But here's what I'll say. And I'm pretty sure I said this on the early bird briefing as well. I don't remember because it's been so long. Just get the 3300X. Because when you go out and get an $80 processor. And then you spend an additional $50 on a higher end cooler. So you can overclock the the $80 processor to meet A $100 processor. What are you doing? You're you're spending like $60 to save $20. Just get the 3300X. It's fascinating that so many people in the tech community are trying to see how far they can push this itty bitty little entry level processor to its absolute limit i absolutely adore it adore the community for this but in the real world just just get the 3300x or better yet get the 3300x get the bigger cooler and see how far you can push that chip why isn't anyone doing that Chat says it's kind of beautiful. It really is. That is the other thing with this. You never see the budget parts get any love in the tech community because, of course, everyone loves to talk about the crazy overkill parts. And don't worry, we're going to talk about NVIDIA's new crazy overkill part. Because who doesn't want to talk about the 64-core Threadripper? Who doesn't want to talk about shoving three terabytes of RAM into a system. Is it practical? No. Are you ever going to spend that much money on a system? No. Well, I might because I'm a lunatic. Nah, probably not. I mean, who doesn't want to go ahead and shove three fricking Titan X's into a system? Everyone. Are you going to do it? No. Cause it's 2,500 bucks a card get a whole computer for that much so it's absolutely amazing to see a freaking $80 quad core being it's under an LN2 pot when was the last time you ever heard of a extreme overclocker bringing out the LN2 and the blowtorches to see how far they could push an Intel Celeron never talks about that and here we are thank you AMD and thank you crazy absolute lunatic liquid nitrogen overclockers you guys are crazy Intel and Tile have decided to team up to integrate tile technology into laptops to help prevent you from losing your laptop. Tile, if you don't remember, is the company that creates like keychain accessories that when you say lose your keys, you can then use your smartphone to then locate the tile accessory and therefore find your keys. Well, Intel is teaming up with Tile so that if you lose your laptop, you can use your smartphone to locate your laptop. Okay, quick question. Quick question. Has anyone ever lost track of their laptop but had their phone? I'm sure it actually has happened, but... It's usually the other way around. People having their laptop but losing their phone. Heck, one of the huge advantages I've had to actually splurging out for a uh, smartwatch is that it basically buzzes me if I fall out of range of the, of the uh, phone. That has actually come in handy more times than I'm willing to admit how many times i've gotten in the car ready to leave for work as i like get in the car watch buzzes connection lost oh Uh, walk back upstairs hey look there's my phone on the charger okay let's go that has saved me more often than not i mean on one hand okay sure this is probably gonna be helpful Now, you know what I want to see? Hey, Tile. Team up with Qualcomm. Link that technology into the smartphone. I think there, it's going to have a lot better usage than in the laptops. Now, I'm sure... I am going to get flooded with emails and tweets and whatnot about, oh, Eagle, you're wrong. I've lost my laptop plenty of times and this is a godsend and you're a poopy head. Okay, fine. I don't mind being being wrong. There showed me. I've just never heard of it. Watch. That's what's going to be in my inbox. Not the ferociously stuff fans telling me how much of, of a hater I am. It's going to be the people saying that I'm wrong about tile being integrated in the laptops. You know, what? I would be a okay with being wrong there. That'd be pretty funny. You know what else would be pretty funny? LG working on a crazy dual screen phone. Where at swivel's 90 degrees to reveal a second screen under the phone that can be used as a 4x3 screen with your phone in landscape oh wait that's real why Now, don't get me wrong. I am all in favor of crazy phone concepts. Lord knows the smartphone world needs some innovation to try and justify the absolute bat squeak insane prices they're asking for. We're getting to the point where phones are costing close to two grand. Two grand. And what do they provide? yeah so I mean on one hand it's an interesting concept the phone look like a normal phone and then you just twist and then you've got a sideways phone with a square screen under the sideways phone someone can find a use for that I bet I'm not gonna lie I don't see the use case in this I really don't but uh you do that LG you do that kinda like Epic you go ahead and make the latest Unreal 5 engine and apparently it's demonstration on the PS5 blue minds. now I'm not gonna lie I'm a little skeptical of the Unreal 5 demo. Do you know why I'm skeptical of it? Because the gaming industry has had a bad habit lately. The gaming industry has had a terrible habit of rendering a movie pre-rendering it completely and then claiming it's in real time in engine I'm not accusing of Epic doing that here I'm saying it's a possibility And that I don't want to be too blown away until I actually see this kind of crazy detail in-engine running on relatively low-end hardware. Because let's be honest, the PS5 and the Xbox Series X, when they're finally out, are going to be considered low-end hardware. Yeah, so the masses is going to seem amazing. But when you talk about what computers are capable of, it is going to be what's considered either low-end or mid-range. It was the case with the PS4 and the Xbox One. The hardware was very low-end, by comparison. What saved it was its efficiency. It's going to be the same case with... The PS5 and... The Xbox Series X. So we, we'll we see. We'll see. I'm hopeful. But again, we'll. I'm not willing to board the hype train. Because the hype train still feels like it could be a cardboard cutout. Of a real train. Now, what isn't a cardboard cutout is the fact that Unreal Engine is now royalty free until your game makes a gross revenue of $1 million. And in fact, this new program is now retroactive. So. You know what, Epic? I've been giving you a lot of flack lately. I have. Because what you've been doing on the Epic Game Store has been abysmal. Preaching that you're out there for the greater good, and in the end, you have been... Well, douches, is to put it nicely. Because I do want to try and stay... PG-13 on the podcast but the methods you've been using have been reprehensible and have been anti-consumer to say the least in this case you know you might call it anti-competitive because it's hard for anyone to just say hey we're gonna compete we're we just can't compete with a engine that's free unless our game does really well But at the same time, I mean in a world right now that has no idea when things are going to return to normal the fact that the world currently just we don't know how a lot of industries are going to go entertainment in particular we just don't know what its future is We don't know what the future of travel is going to even be, for crying out loud. So to see Epic just saying, you know what, game developers? Here's one less cost line you have to worry about. And with that, good job. Good job. You get a thumbs up from me, Epic. Alright, now, at the same time, during that same thing, I just realized I have my articles out of order. Jumping back to the PS5 demo, Epic's CEO did in fact go out and say, this is going to help drive future PCs. And everyone just decided to just take that at its face. (gasps) The PS5 is going to innovate PCs. See that, PC gamers? The PS5 is ahead. The PS5 is going to decide whether your PCs are garbage or not. No! What, are you all stupid? The PS5 and the Xbox One Series X, or I'm sorry, the I'm sorry, not the Xbox One, the Xbox Series X, I forgot how stupid that name is, are also PCs! The only difference between the PS5 and a gaming rig running equivalent hardware is how the solid-state drive communicates with the rest of the system. And the fact the GPU for the PS5 is built on the exact same die as the CPU. That's it. That is the only difference. In the end... The PS5 is running an octa-core Ryzen 2 processor. It's going to be running some variant of the RDNA 2 Navi GPU that is still not out yet but will be soon. Granted, it's going to be running its own custom software but in the end, more than likely, the game's gonna be coded to the Vulcan API because that's easily hands down gonna be the best way for any game developer to make it work on the PS5 and on the PC, because anyone making any kind of mainstream game, unless they go went ahead and sign an exclusivity agreement for it to only be on the PlayStation is going to also release it on the Xbox Series X because it's basically the same hardware and on the PC. Because at that point, you might as well. It's the same hardware. The only difference is that the PS5 has much, much bigger bandwidth to its SSD than NVMe does right now. And I actually do wonder how much faster it can be compared to NVMe. Because we're almost to the point right now where NVMe is just, like, done. I am still blown away how fast my, this flippin' old... How old is this system? What do we got here? Um, six, seven-year-old system? Thereabouts? It's using an early-gen NVMe SSD the sucker boots up in eight seconds and that's including the boot time for its integrated raid controller that's used for nothing it's built on a server board so it has to boot up its server stuff and it still boots in eight seconds flat And the reason I have it in the streaming system is just for that. If I'm running late, boop, boop, done. I kid you not for prepping today's program that I'm recording late. I literally walked in and we were ready to stream in less than a minute. And most of that time wasted was my fault. It's incredible what NVMe can do. And PS5 surpasses that, but I don't know how much that's really going to matter. But the Epic CEO's point was just how far hardware in general has come. Which is kind of why the NVIDIA Amper press conference video segment sort of thing was rather fascinating. If you don't know, I talked about this quite a bit because there were rumors that the NVIDIA, what was the conference called now? I completely forgot. Now I feel absolutely insane for forgetting what it was. God dang it. This article doesn't say it was like the GTC 20 conference or something like that. It was where NVIDIA announced its Amper GPU. The star of it being the G the, the DGX A100 GPU. A server GPU that even if I find it in a scrap heap somewhere, there is no way to use it for consumer uses. Now I talked about the fact that this conference was going to be business focused. That it was going to be data center focused. That we were not going to see gaming cards here. We would see we were going to see Tesla cards. We were going to see. Quadro cards. I was wrong. We did not see the Quadro workstation line of GPUs. We didn't. We didn't see the NVIDIA Tesla cards. These are the cards that have no video out. The ones that are used for Strictly Compute. The ones that are used in data centers. We didn't see those either. We didn't even see... G-Force cards. The only thing we talked about... was... the DGX A100 which is a rack mountable GPU solution that has eight A100 Ampere GPUs, which are now officially the most powerful graphic card on the planet that are also mounted with two 64 core AMD Epic CPUs, which is the first time this product has ever seen AMD Which you're going, huh, neat. Whereas a nerd like me is going, huh, neat. Yeah, it really doesn't matter, to be perfectly honest. The only people who are fascinated by this are,
2: someone ditched
0: Intel. The rest are going, no, really? What are the odds? Oh wait, 100%. The thing here is that yeah, we could talk about how these units are incredibly obscenely powerful. The fact that they're able to run on just four PCI Express lanes, but using PCI Express 4.0 thus allowing them to fit more cards per processor. We could talk about the fact these things have 40 gigabytes of onboard graphics card RAM. And my brain is currently forgetting. HBM! It has 40 gigs of HBM memory on the card. That means memory that is stacked at a high bandwidth, direct access to the card... Yes, it is more powerful than the GDDR RAM built into the PS5. We could talk about all that. We could talk about how this thing has up to 36 teraflops, which means pretty much nothing to any of us. We could talk about all that. But here's the important thing. We learn nothing. if you're hoping to come away with this like I did with any hint a shred of evidence of what the next generation Nvidia GeForce graphic cards could bring you've learned nothing but how can you say that look at all the specs of this architecture You know what this smells like? The Amper GPU architecture? It smells like Volta. Volta, if you don't know, was an NVIDIA architecture that was going to replace the GTX 10 series. There were two cards... that were published, or manufactured, based on the Volta architecture. The Titan V and the NVIDIA Quadro V100. That's it. We never saw a Volta gaming graphic card. We then a year later got Turing, which are the RTX 2000 series and the GTX 16 series we know today. And that's what Amper smells like. There's a decent chance everything we've learned about Amper will never see a card you can put into a computer. And that's why I was really bummed after watching this because man. Literally not a shred of evidence that anything could help your PC in the future. But we'll see. Time will tell. It also means that uh, my recommendation for the longest time of saying, hey, you might want to hold off on buying a GPU. Yeah, I think I might have been wrong. If it turns out that Amper this whole time is going to be Volta again, then it could be two more years before we see a good NVIDIA GPU. I don't know. And the only people who do know? I guarantee you they're on non-disclosure agreements. So all I can say is keep a very close eye on... Well, let's mention names. Jay's Two Cents, Gamers Nexus, Linus Tech Tips. Because I guarantee you they know and they can't say anything. Not to really, like, say, like, go shake them down, but just, like, you know, if they start, like, hinting at just, like, you know, you might not want to buy a GPU right now. There's a reason. Alright, enough, uh, speculating about an NVIDIA conference we learned nothing about. Let's instead talk about, uh, QB was a, uh, video service that, uh, man, I feel bad for them. They tried to launch on the platform of saying, we're going to go ahead and be vine, but longer of saying people can go ahead and just make quick trailers and just quick consuming videos for anyone to watch on the go well uh they are um they're dying. can anyone guess why anyone Bueller Bueller yeah you 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 guessed right it's because no one is on the move no one. Well, not no one. Pretty much the only people on the move are people who run essential businesses. And that's it. Netflix, Roku, and Disney, and Hulu, and all of them, hey, they're seeing huge bumps. Maybe because everyone is under house arrest and can't go anywhere. Yeah, it feels bad. Kind of feels bad for Q because you really did want to see someone introduce something unique to the entertainment space. Because right now everything is streaming, 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 streaming. It's all about streaming on-demand content, or you know watching live independent contract content. But, of course, none of us here know anyone who does that twitch.tv slash Eagle Falcon. So it's kind of no surprise, and you kind of do feel a little bad for them, but we'll see how things go for you. Facebook is going to acquire Giphy for $400 million Dollars and instantly you worry Giphy if you don't know oh, what's the best way to describe Giphy they're a service that's integrated into Twitter and Discord both that just have reaction GIFs you click a button, you type in a reaction you pick an animation and then you post it, the end and now Facebook has bought it for a relatively large chunk of money, but kind of an insignificant amount of money compared to Facebook. Oh boy. Well, we'll see how that goes. I'm so glad the, uh, the Facebook world is expanding. Also, by the way, Apple bought NextVR. I'm not going to lie, I've never heard of NextVR, but Apple bought them. So therefore, we can assume Apple is working on VR. I don't know why. Because so far, all Apple's been able to do is do augmented reality very, very poorly. Which also might be why they're buying NextVR. All right, we'll see that in the next release of uh, iOS. Maybe in iOS they'll also release some, you know, security updates. uh uh-huh. uh Speaking of VR, though, Spatial is going free. Spatial is a. Well, have you ever heard of VR chat? Imagine VR chat, but being used professionally. a VR chat where you meet virtually in a zoom like environment where you hold meetings virtually in VR until your coworker hacks their own, uh, their own avatar and replaces themselves with Monokuma. And then it becomes a Danganronpa episode. Oh God. I just gave away the plot to Dongan uh, Danganronpa four. Didn't I? Oh, no. Well, I look forward to that game existing. You're welcome, Spike Chunsoft, by the way. With no good transition, I give you this headline. An AI generates gibberish words with nonsensical definitions to match. All of it to create the website. This word does not exist. Which can create such wonderful worlds as... Let me get one that I can... Actually pronounce. Disassociate. Which is a word that does not exist. Was Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. The... Reduce the influence of... The trial was made to disassociate between two parts of the... Isn't that a real word though? Disassociate. Let's get another one real quick. We can do better. Fimbrière, which is apparently French for a cell. Well, apparently, chat is saying the the spelling was off. Which figures because I'm a terrible speller on disassociate, we also have Blandon, which is a dried fruit of a Blandon stem alright then, which somehow by the way that is not the last burb story this is though I bring you the last burb, the last story of the day the weirdest story of the day the OnePlus 8 Pro has x-ray vision By complete accident the one plus eight has a camera mode on it for infrared that can in fact see through dark plastics and most horrifyingly of all clothing dark clothing. Special shout out to Mr. Lou later of unbox therapy for just blowing this one wide open. Fortunately, when he demonstrated that it goes through clothing, it was pointed at, at a box he was hiding under his shirt and not anywhere inappropriate, but, uh, Hey perverts, the one plus eight pro is your phone and for people afraid of perverts keep an eye out for people using a OnePlus 8 Pro for non-perverts who own a OnePlus 8 Pro phone it is time to switch your phone because now you are going to be judged forever because you went ahead and got a OnePlus 8 Pro oh boy that is mildly amusing folks that is going to do it for this episode of the early bird brief or I'm sorry the eagle eyes on tech <laughs> I'm sorry no I'm, I'm, oh man I am sorry this episode is late um, unfortunately we did have to verify some information regarding the P- club penguin story and of course during that time we had trouble with the ferociously Steph story and well more stuff broke about the ferociously stuffed story Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you want to hear more, be sure to check out my daily podcast, The Early Burb Briefing, which airs every single morning at eight at 4 a.m. Central Time, wherever you found this podcast, at iTunes, at Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio, everywhere. And also make sure to check out my Twitch page, twitch.tv slash Eagle Falcon. I stream every day, except Tuesdays. Take care. And hopefully, we'll see you then. google.com alright where to buy one plus eight pro oh god that much oh forget I'm more cheap than that bye
2: hey we get it you don't want to be hearing a progressive commercial right now so let us tell you something you do want to hear no one is funnier than you. People laugh just thinking about the things you've said. I'm laughing at one of them right now. Coworkers repeat your jokes at the office, but they're never as good as when you tell them and shame on them for trying. There, don't you feel better? You'll also feel better knowing you could save when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Although I'm sure you'd have a funnier way to say that. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Modern leaders. It's not just their ability to reason that we value or their eloquence. It's more than their intelligence that we admire. What truly matters is their humanity. Just like modern leaders, the LS is human at heart. Every aspect of the Lexus LS is crafted around you, engineered to a higher standard, the human standard. The new 2021 Lexus LS. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.